Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan on Courts 96 FM. Thank Christmas is Friday. Or thank Crunchy it's Friday. Have it as you will. Good morning, 1850-715-996. The number, the text to WhatsApp, 083-396-9696. The email, opinion at 96fm.ie. I want to start with a quick mention for my good friends at the Lions Club. Pat O'Brien has been on to remind me that the annual Lions Club's Christmas Food Appeal starts today with all food and donations going to the needy of Cork City and County. Cork Lions Club will have their collections at Dunn Stores, Patrick Street and Ballabalan and supervalued Glenmire and Black Rock Lions Clubs. All over Ireland will have collection trolleys at local supermarkets. All the various Lions Club, and of course I uh, have been a member of the Lions Club myself, over the years, all of the individual Lions Clubs around the country putting together their own food appeals today, all well sanitised, all safely done, all social distancing recognised. Uh, please, if you see a Lions Club basket in your local supermarket when you're out today, please do make a donation of some kind of non-perishable item. It goes to the most needy and what's raised locally stays local. And uh, that's thanks to Pat uh, former, of course, district governor of the Lions Clubs of Ireland, but Pat also uh, represents the, the city centre Lions Club, now the Cork Lions Club, and there are many more Lions Clubs, and they all get together this weekend for their annual Christmas food appeal, which I am delighted to see going ahead, uh, despite the limitations placed upon us by COVID-19. Speaking of which... They're open again today. The gastro pubs and the restaurants are open today. During the morning, if you have any dream, I have no prizes for this. I have nothing to give you at the moment uh, whatsoever, except maybe a mention for your favourite place to eat. If there's anywhere at all that you could go this lunchtime for your lunch on this beautiful Friday. It's a lasher of a morning out there. It's cold, very cold, but it's a gorgeous morning. If there was anywhere that you could go for your lunch today, where would it be in Cork? They're all open now today, so pick somewhere and tell me where you'd like. And all it does really at the moment is get a plug for your favourite restaurant, and we're happy to do that, or your favourite gastro pub, and we're happy to do that on this Friday, the 4th of December. Three weeks today will be Christmas Day. Let's pop down around the corner to Noreen at Gallagher's Gastro Pub. Uh, frustrating few weeks, exciting morning, Noreen. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Not too bad. Exciting times? Exciting. We're super excited to be open because we were so unsure what was going to happen. 
So we're thrilled that the whole team is on a buzz, you know, getting ready for today. So we, we can't wait. No. And we, you, you put me on the spot there now, so I'm going to have to uh, arrange for somebody to come and have their lunch with us. But, but we're not open until three today. Right, right, right. Three, no, no, yeah, so. I wasn't actually putting you on the spot at no, all. No, no, I know you weren't, but I, I think it's a nice gesture to celebrate us reopening. They can come whenever they want. I'll give you a voucher for 150 euros. You are an absolute legend, Noreen Gannon. No problem. You're an absolute legend. You could wrap up that today as a celebration. You're an absolute legend. Well, no, you're open today. You've been closed for the last five, six weeks. A lot of people Mm -hmm. were saying, look, you, you and the others in the restaurant sector and the pubs, we were doing your absolute best. And any time I was in... Gallagher's over the last few months you were doing your absolute best everything there was sanitizer there was distancing everything was so carefully done it must have been very frustrating for the last few weeks it was so disappointing you know we had worked so hard we had the training the temperature control with the team everything and you know we were just on eggshells in the end because we didn't know whether we were coming or going it's so hard and I feel so sorry for the pubs that can't open you know heartbreaking for them you know yeah, they, they're and, and strange times, you know. They are very strange times, and and it, it'll it'll be a very it's been a very hard year for for everyone in your trade. It is, yeah, it has been. Mm. Um, but you know, I think the the when this COVID passes, the sooner the better for us. I think that it's going to be the Cork City is going to be just super because we've all learned things out of COVID. You know, yes, um, like the streets are coming alive, pedestrianisation. Yes. You know, and I know McCurtain Street uh, at the moment uh, is quiet because all the businesses are closed. But once the go ahead, you'll see a big difference in the street furniture and everything yeah. that's going to happen over the next few months. You know. Well, well, with that new streetscape that's coming and th- those temporary pavements that are gone in, which some people yes. don't like, I do. I know. I do, <laughs> and, and yes. they're going to be great. Like, come springtime when we're just about shaking this thing off and people are getting their vaccine shots and we can start to come out yeah. again. Mm-hmm. Cork is going to be fabulous on a spring it's day. It's going to be amazing. And I mean, McCurtain Street and the, the Patrick's Quay, you know, all around Coburg Street, there's huge plans and it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be a lovely area to cross the bridge to come and see, you know. There are spectacular buildings around as yeah. well, you know. Yeah, listen, I'm I'm delighted for you all that you're open today. Best of luck. Thank, Thank you for you that. So much. We'll take a note of it. We'll okay. take a note of that, and and we'll we'll pass you on someone at the end of the, at the end of the program. I'd be delighted. Thank and they you. can contact us in the in Gallagher's. Thank you so ready. much, Noreen. You're 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 very kind. Uh, totally unsolicited, by the way. Totally unsolicited. Thank you, Noreen Gannon, at at Gallagher's. We'll find something to do with that voucher before 12 o'clock. But if you do have anywhere that you would like to go to lunch today, just tell me. Because what it does is it gets a plug for your favourite spot, your favourite place. Ah, Monty, my friend, you've been closed for the last few weeks as well. All set to go in Clancy's. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Not too bad. All good to go? I'm here now with John Joyce. He's called in to to be be our first customer for a coffee, even though we're not open. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he, John got the head start during the week. He's he's open, he's open across the way from us, and uh, we've we've nearly all the traders have met this morning here on the street, looking forward to getting open. And um, so it's a bit exciting for us all. Thank God. How much harder is it this time, Paul? I know some stuff has changed within the guidelines. So, are there differences between now and say seven weeks ago? I, there, I, I suppose there are certain in, in the main. I suppose a lot of the venues were ready for it, and um, 
because of seven weeks ago, certainly I can speak for, for our venue and um, we're opening a coffee shop as well where the Lee, Lee Travel building was. So that's oh. going to be different for us. Yeah, so um, we, we're, 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 we're moving in there with the, with the crew. So um, Sully and Skinner have, have, have put together a lovely, nearly like a pop-up shop. No so, better buckle. Yeah, no better voice. So <laughs> anyway, we're, we, we, we'll be able to, to mend that from here as well. And um, so it's going to be a bit exciting. And um, But to answer your question, it, it, it is certainly, I think, there's a different atmosphere around than the 29th of June in that people are a bit more cautious. And I suppose the restrictions are, are strict for everyone, maybe this time. I think before they might have been strict for some and not for others, you yeah. know. But I think I think across the board that people are going to are going to stick with the guidelines and mm. have to, you know, and the, the health advice and everything uh, because none of us want to be shut down again in January. It doesn't apply to you because you've all your kitchens and all that on board. Yes. But do you feel anything for the, the fellow who made a bit of business acumen back in July and, and done a deal with the pizza hut across the road? He or she uh, is now forbidden from doing this. Uh, Absolutely, I, I do. I, I, I mean, I, I really feel so. Everyone that's in business is in business to trade, not to, not to stay closed and get, um, get you know, compensation like what's what's been happening to a certain degree because nothing compensates you. Because what the problem really is outside of losing business and losing customers, and you know, it's the whole demoralisation of 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 the of being closed, and that's the real issue. There's nobody at home twiddling their thumbs and being happy this morning that has um, a wet bar that can't open, or that, as you said before, that you know that improvise and all that. So I think 100%. I my heart goes out to anyone who can't open their doors today because it is demoralising and it's very hard. You know, and, and I've I've been saying this the last few weeks. Even for us coming back open, excited and all as we are, it's hard to you know. People are weary. Management staff, everyone is weary and weary that they're going to be closed down again. But look, that's not for today. Like we're all upbeat and like we're upbeat in here, and we'll be upbeat for everyone that can't be open because yeah. you know. And just wishing them well as well to get through the Christmas and looking forward to their businesses opening next year because it doesn't do anyone any good, you know, even the people that are open because demand is outstripping supply, and that's very obvious. But like, are you heavily booked now, Paul? Um, we're heav- we're heavily booked, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, the lads were just saying to me, and Sully was saying it's just phenomenal. It's you know, I, I won't say we're overbooked, but like there's no doubt about it that you know, slots are booked up, especially the weekends, even during the week. And friends contacting us, and you know, because all of us that are here have a huge group of contacts of customers and friends, and you know, even the requests coming through texts and emails and telephone calls and. What really is happening is someone that might want to go out on a Saturday night at 6 o'clock or going out at 12 o'clock on Saturday instead for their hour and 45 minutes yeah. because that's the only slot they can get. And people are actually great to compromise and willing to change around their times and everything. So that's been that's been nice and very understanding. Everyone yeah. On that point of the one hour and 45 minutes, I noticed, now it was always there, but it wasn't really spoken about the first time. I yeah. noticed now that it's been made very clear that if you were part of the restaurant or whatever, that you can seat the tables more than two metres apart. The time limit yeah. doesn't apply. Yes. Well, that was the issue previous, right? I mean, I'm under the, very much the, the we're under the guidelines now that it is the, the, the strict time, you know, mm. whether, you know, whether you're in a booth or whether you're not. But there's a bigger issue anyway, um, PJ, in that 
we have to keep it moving because of the level of bookings and yes. to try and accommodate as many people as we can. So, I mean, that's really, it doesn't become an issue for the majority of venues. The, the time, it's a, it's a two-hour turnaround time and that's that's really it, you know. Yeah. So, like, I mean, people are coming in and that's anyone that's open is, is facing that. Mm-hmm. And um, so, and, and I, I, I don't, I don't, that isn't so far an issue for us, but I, I think it's, it's, a, it's a guideline, it's a rule, yeah. you know, it, it, it has to be no different than the, the eating rule is there, no different than having a kitchen rule is there. Yeah. And um, we, you know, that's, that's, that, that's here to stay for a while because, you know, I do know that even with all the, the commentary about vaccines and everything else and all the experts are saying that, you know, this will go right into 2021 in that, you know, social distancing is going to be there. So, mm. you know, please God, we'll be allowed to stay open, but it'll be in tandem with vaccines and with other good news coming through. I think realistically all going well, we will have it under the thumb by the summer, which would be brilliant. Yes, I think, PJ, the pandemic is over. I mean, once there's a vaccine, the pandemic is over. I was talking to my cousin last night, Dr. Joanne, and she, you know, she's saying that it's going to be rolled out pretty quickly. And as she said herself, she's a doctor. She'd be the first one of her arm out to get the, the injection, you know. And my mother is over 80, you know, she, she, she'll take it. I mean, so that's great to hear that. I think yeah. there are two people are two different categories. And I think that's hopefully that's the encouragement that's going to be there that people will take the vaccine now and give us all a chance to, to live life as, as good as we can again, you know, and be able to visit people. And, you know, there's no matter what like restrictions are on us, you know, I just feel for people who are in the nursing homes who yeah. can't visit people this Christmas. I mean, that's the real issue. Like, We've had a great know. change there with the one visitor allowed. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. good and great work there by a Cork man, Tyg Hickey, <laughs> in negotiating that. You know? Yeah, because the loneliness that people have is far worse, you know. I mean, everyone is feeling like that basic need to socialise, you know. Okay, it's, in our business, we we see it as very evident, but what's not being probably discussed as much are people that are in, and there was a picture during the week of the New York doctor hugging a patient that couldn't see his family, you know. Yeah. And that will tell you where the emotions are running the highest is right. where people can't visit people who are sick and who are dying. And that's, yeah. that's the issue, you know. We'll, we'll, we'll get through this. We're going to have a bit of fun over the Christmas. People are going to have a good time. They can go out. And even, you know, what will make a big difference today in Cork, I, I believe, is that people that come into shop can go for a coffee and can go for a drink later on. That's what's making the big difference because I believe our shops are open during the week. I don't think they were chock-a-block because people probably felt where can we go you know like okay we'll but, but also out. they won't be chock-a-block through safety but I get what you're saying it's, 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 it's part of the whole social thing we'll, we'll meet you there some people will go and you know people might meet each other a family might go out three or four and they might want to meet their best friend or, you know and at least they can do, yeah. do that now you know so which, which is nice and we'll have the protocols in place We'll have the contact tracing. We'll have our, our checks coming in the door. Excellent. We'll, we'll, we'll do things right, staff. We'll be wearing the masks. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll mind the customers and we'll make sure on Princess Street here, you know. And, and there's a lot of excitement on Princess Street because we're going, to have, we're going to have a really nice street coming into January. You know, we have a lot of exciting stuff happening Good. here. We're working with Clark City Council. Right. So we've, we've lots of new things coming that will bring, bring a bit of life to the city for, um, for writing maybe after Christmas and into the new year. We look forward to seeing you down, PJ, someday. You know, I'll, be, I'll be popping by before the Christmas, Paul. I promise you that. My usual wander around the city. Uh, Clancy's is a, 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 an almost... It's a compulsory stop-off. Thank you, Paul Montgomery, uh, Monty, at, at Clancy's. And we talked before that with uh, Noreen from Gallagher's, who 
completely off the top of her head, decided to very nicely and very kindly give us a voucher um, for €150 for Gallagher's, which is very kind of her. So what we're going to do is we're going to ask you to come up with a headline. We had great fun with this last week at the headline competition. Give me a headline for the restaurants and the pubs gastropubs being open today. Give me a headline for getting out for the grub. Give me a headline for three weeks to Christmas. Roll them all in together. Give me a headline. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96 and we'll come up at about 5 to 12 or whatever and we'll give that vote. That's so kind of Noreen around the corner from us here at Gallagher's to get the ball rolling this morning. 1850 I will be talking to the owner of the spa in Mount Oval after 10, where they have a lotto winner. There'll be some bash there. Socially distanced, of course. 1857-15996. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With Lehan Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See lehanmotors.ie. This is Cork's Gold Imro Award winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now, 1850 715 On Cork's 96 FM. And you know, look, it's a very positive morning, and there's none of us forgetting that we still have to deal with this virus. We still have to protect ourselves from this virus. So as you go about booking your lunch or booking your dinner or heading out tonight for a, a feed and a pint maybe. Please do the three things that we've been asking you to do here for months. Wash your hands, cover your face and give space. Hands, face, space. Wash your hands. If you don't know how many times you've washed your hands already today, you haven't washed them enough. I've already washed my hands six times today, believe it or not. I did it three times before I left the house this morning. It just becomes a habit. Cover your face. Put something on your face. Going everywhere. Don't be giving any of this nonsense about, uh, oh, you don't have to. It's only a, a recommend. Just bloody wear the thing, will you, please? And give space. If someone is up against you in the shop, move back. Or if you feel yourself up against someone in the shop or a queue, move back. Don't be an idiot. Give them a bit of space. That is how we will deal with this thing until we can get the vaccine into our arm. One person who has been planning this day for a while now, Mary Jane, how are you? I'm good, PJ, how are you? Good. Are you sorted now for a place to go for lunch and for dinner? Well, today now is kind of a a, a nail day. I'm getting the nails done today. Right. Um, my nails are like, I had to file them myself and you know what, I, I'm just not the most patient person at doing things for myself. Right. Beauty-wise. So, um, Can you open your own parcels at the moment, put it that way? Um, well, you know what, now I have, I have one of You don't need uh, a knife, like, knife. you know? Yeah, no, no, I have a little... I, I bought a little mini sanding knife and I have it um, <laughs> near my post box. <laughs> so I, I can do that. But getting back to the mask thing, pennies have brilliant masks, PJ. Um, I got one the other day, myself and the girls um, went into pennies and we said, right, we'll pick up a few bits, you know, the few bits that oh, you yeah. need. Three and a half um, stone of stuff later, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, go in for you know, go in to spend um, twenty euro and come out with eighty five euro worth of stuff. You get a wing of the you'd buy, you'd buy a wing of the shop for that. Yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> so, so they have these masks, PJ. They're brilliant, and they're they're kind of nice. They're cotton as well, um, and it says on it will remove for wine. 
so that's what it says on the mask. So we have those. And then there's ones we'll remove for mistletoe as well. But, you know, you wouldn't want to be drawing those people on you. Well, maybe some people might, but I don't anyway. Um, but, yeah, so the Chris- and don't have Christmas masks and stuff as well. So you can, you can still be glam and just wear a matte lipstick. That's my recommendation now to all the ladies is get a matte lipstick and then that'll wear well under the mask. Yeah. There you go. But I have plans for the weekend. Um, I'm out for brunch on Sunday and I'm out for dinner tomorrow night. Right. So I'm excited for that. Right. Um, and it's, it's, it's good to see Will all you the... you be hooking up with the bowel Michelle? Listen, the bowel Michelle and myself and Alex, actually. Oh, yeah. Also regular on the show. Oh, yeah, the three God, I better, alert, I better alert the authorities here if the three of you have been out together. <laughs> I know. So we're going to Goldberg's for brunch on Sunday, but it's a kind of a late brunch. Mm. So we said we'd try and kind of spread the, the love around and then I'm going to Elbow Lane for dinner tomorrow night. So it's just, look, it's kind of trying to... I'm back at work myself now, so Good. my salary is back and stuff. And I have a few bob to spend locally. Um, and I'm trying to shop a bit more locally as well. Like any anyone that I've any websites that I've tried to buy from, I've tried to buy kind of from Irish ones and stuff like that. But it's good to kind of see things moving again. And like what Paul was saying there as LPJ about not being able to go for a coffee in town, meet your friend for a coffee in town. That was a big deterrent, I think, from people going into the city in a way. Yeah. Like we, the, myself, Michelle, and Alex met the other day. And we went in and did our bits and pennies. But we kind of had to stand in the cold, stead eating a burger. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas now it, it would be great to be able to say, look, you know, you can book somewhere and just, and and like the booking system is great because you know you have a booked and you have a little bit more of a plan. Yeah. Michelle is a big planner. I'm a kind of a seat in my pants person. I don't mind about the planning. But she was, the, the two girls, we, we have a group chat, we were in the group it's chat. It's a planner's market now because if, if you want yeah. to go out on Friday night, you really do need to whip out the phone on Monday or Tuesday yeah. and decide yeah. where you want to go and put your name in. You know, you and have look, to. Yeah. And look, the only way that we've been able to see people at all has been to go for a walk or to, you know, like that was the only way that we were, you know, you're, even the bubble and stuff, you'd be a bit dodgy about it. We were just kind of saying, you know, we go for a walk. I, w- I was living down the marina. I had the legs walked off myself. Uh, didn't lose a pound, of course, because I was drinking all the wine at home. But, um, you know, it, now at least you'll be able to kind of meet people. And then on the 18th, it'll scale up where you'll be able to have a glass of wine with your friends at home if you want to. Mm. But it's definitely a planner's market. But it's it's so nice um, even just to see the lights and stuff. We went in for a walk when they put the lights on um, the first time. And I know people were complaining about the takeaway pints and stuff like that. But it kind of I thought it just served a purpose to, at the time, you know. Yeah. And um, if you wanted to get a takeaway boozy hot chocolate or, you know, something while you were walking around. Yeah. Um, to be fair, though, Mary Jane, when you look back on it now, and I suppose in, initially we were probably as guilty as anybody else here of the programme, but then we began to see a bit more into it. Realistically, the, the few pints being taken out of pubs on that couple yeah. of weekends, that wasn't the real problem. No, it wasn't. At it was all. Co- no. There was there was some bit of messing going on, but it wasn't there the real was. problem. No. But I, I and I, I tweeted it because and I said that I'm sick of our city being portrayed in this way. Like it wasn't. It, you know, we were in at around half five, six, and there was you know kids getting their photo taken with Santi outside yeah. the post office. There was children like looking at the windows in Brown Thomas. And now the city council have this lovely thing where you can walk around and see the windows and stuff. 
So like there was a lot of families and stuff in, in, yes, in and then I think once the pubs closed at like half eight, because I think most of them were closing at that time, we were gone at that were, stage. Yeah. But, yeah. but I think like a lot of it was just, you know, gangs and look, that, that happens on a normal Saturday night anyway. Yeah. Uh, you know, or, or, or sometimes it can happen on a on a Wednesday afternoon if you're walking down the Grand Parade. You know, the skateboard is so, look. It is what it is, but it was just. It was really. I kind of found it. And I know I'm going off the topic here, but I was. I found it so disheartening that the city was being portrayed in that way because that's just. That's yeah. not how it well, is, you know. You know, we can't deny that certain things happen that we'd prefer yeah, there was. Yeah. We can't deny that a young woman will spend this Christmas recovering from a horrible slash wound. To her, to her yeah. face. So we can't deny that. We can't deny yeah. that a guy that provides a fantastic charity um, yeah. food hut on a Saturday night for the poor and the homeless, that they packed up their tent and left because he was nervous That's for awful. the safety. We can't hide yeah. that stuff, but we must also look beyond it and say our city, and to be fair, I was driving in this morning and the, the lights were still on and I just thought, lovely. I got that little tingle as a yeah. corkman. You know? That's it. That's exactly it. And I think, you know, for people that aren't going to be able to come home or whatever now for Christmas and stuff, you know, that it'll be sad for them. But it's 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 like be you know, being able to go in and just enjoy ourselves yeah. you know, enjoy ourselves. And I know it's gonna be different and it's gonna be a little bit tougher, but you know, because as I said, I'm not a planner, I'm a seat of the pants kind of person. But I just love the thought of going in and just like you know, I'd say I'm a Saint Michel. Has you planned until about Patrick's Day? I wouldn't worry too much about oh, that. Listen, <laughs> Patrick's Day is right, and I think Patrick's Day is when we'll see the the lift maybe again. It's just, it's hard to tell, but I'm just I'm really excited, and you know I know it's the one hour forty five and whatever, but it's just it's getting out, and for me it's the whole getting the glammed up. Now I'm not as bad as I was this time. The, the last opening, I wasn't. I'm not as organised this time. Because I was saying I was going to be like a robber's dog until January, because everywhere would be too packed. I was saying if I was, you know, if I, if I was under pressure for nail appointments and stuff, but I managed to get a nail appointment, and I'm happy with that. Good. Because yeah. you know the nails, you need to be able to do them. Like, but yeah, it, it is, and it'll be lovely to see um, people, you know, to to meet up with people in a socially distance and a safe way, you know. Yeah. All right, this is Mary Jane. I'll leave it there and we might bump into each other over the next couple of weeks. Well, we'll bump into each other at a social distance over the next couple of weeks as we run in uh, to Christmas. Mary Jane, 1850-715-996. Some of your suggestions as to where you'd love to go today for your lunch, if you had a choice. The Iberian Way, says Phil, my favourite place. Ashley from Crossbarry would go to the Old Market in Bandon. Uh, Carrigaline Court Hotel, great food, great staff. Couldn't agree with you more. Carol in Carrigaline. Do they still do the cream scones with the jam? Oh, stop. Uh, going to Hearty's in Cloyne for a hearty lunch, says John, of bacon and cabbage. Oh, yes! Bacon and cabbage, good man. 1850-715-996. Keep those suggestions coming. If there's somewhere you would like to go today for lunch as we celebrate the reopening of our hospitality, some of our hospitality sector. Let me know at 83 396 All it guarantees you is a plug for your favourite spot, but hey. Kate says we need to highlight the student nurses and the disgrace of a government not voting to pay them. They're wrecked and they've worked on the front line during a pandemic. It's disgraceful. Kate, we have been beating that drum for months and we've spoken to nurses on the front line. I did just a couple of weeks ago, spoke to a nurse on the front line. Yes, it is a disgrace that they're not being paid. 
Now, certain people are required to put in unpaid hours in the course of qualifying for a profession. Many, many people have to do that. But these are nurses on the front line in the middle of a pandemic and certainly an exception should be made. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM With Lehan Motors Leading the way for Toyota hybrids The place to order your 211 Toyota See Motors.ie. This is Cork's Gold Imro Award winning talk show The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan Text or WhatsApp now 83 396 On Cork's 96FM Ah, you know a competition has really worked on the programme when people ring up and say, is he doing the footprints yet? Yeah, they're on looking to know what we're doing with Foot Solutions today. Final day of the week with Foot Solutions, a €200 Euro voucher, giving the gift of comfort to your loved ones this Christmas with a Foot Solutions gift card. How we've done it all week is I'll give you a certain number of footprints or footsteps in the snow. Once an hour... And then at around uh, quarter to twelve, we'll pick a winner. Well, you've added them all up. I got a little bit of a little bit of grief for giving a being too easy and being too nice and too sweet during the week. So I'm being tough and ruthless today. That's all right till someone asks me nicely, but you know yourself. So I'm giving to me. You're getting them once and once only. As they used to say, an hello, hello. Listen very carefully. I shall play this only once. Here is your first set for this Friday of Footsteps in the Snow. Here we go. Where are you? I hope you counted them. I hope you keep note of us. We'll give you more in the next hour. Right, there's a new move on by Cork County Council to highlight diversity and inclusion in local government. It's a catchphrase for the world in which we live, diversity and inclusion. It's something that we have to be conscious of in pretty much everything that we do, in every endeavour that we pursue these days. We have to be conscious, at least in the back of our minds, of diversity and inclusion. County Mayor is Mary Linehan Foley. Morning, Mayor. Morning, PJ. How are you? Good. What is this new campaign set up by the council? What's its purpose? I suppose its purpose really is um, that we'd be calling on women, and not just women, but people of all backgrounds and minority groups throughout the county of Cork to consider stepping into the ring, I suppose, basically, to encourage and support and facilitate greater representation. And I suppose where it came from was we've all um, different councillors in the the council chamber, PJ, from all different walks of life, and it's great to see it. But we certainly need more. And women, I suppose, at the forefront are the most underrepresented. So we're nowhere near where we should be, I suppose, nationally. Um, We're well below the power. We're 24% where we should be at 30% really far to have, um, I suppose, an equal representation across the board. But we are improving, I have to say that. And especially in the southwest constituency in our area, in Cork County, 22.7 of seats were taken by women in 2019. So it is improving. 
Um, but we still have a small bit, a bit of a ways to go yet. The two questions as to why there aren't more women uh, at local at local council level. One is, uh, do they do they stand for election? Do enough women stand for election? And if not, why not? And the second question is, do people vote for female candidates? And if not, why not? Well, I suppose um, I can only answer answer them questions in my own um, personal capacity. Yeah. But I suppose the main reason women don't stand is because I, a lot of the time there's not a lot out there to encourage them. Childcare facilities and things like that um, come first, I suppose, with all women. Now, I'm not saying it doesn't, that it's not most important with men as well, but um, the thinking is there, I suppose, and it's always been there over a number of years, that women are the ones that stay at home and women are the ones that keep the house going. And it's quite hard, I suppose, PJ, because being a councillor now is different than it was years ago. I remember when I went to Nesbos back in 99, um, as a town councillor, it was meetings in the evening and there was nine in each town to represent the people of the town. Now, it's not that. You're representing a whole area. East Cork constituency is what would I be representing. And there, and like, it's, it's a total different kettle of fish now. It's 24-7. So it is a job that I suppose you have to have a lot of time for. And it's a job that you really need a lot of passion for as well. And getting back to your question, um, Maybe it's not highlighted enough um, for women and it's not open enough for them because at the end of the day, they have lots of stuff going on at home and babysitting and things like that mm-hmm. can sometimes come in between them going for election. You Are know? you in favour of quotas, Mary? I, I tell you, and I've been asked this before, um, I'm in favour of quotas. I'm in favour of more equality than anything else and I see... Um, it should be on your ability rather than on your sex, basically, you know? And I think that if you have the ability to go forward, why not, whether you're a man or woman or from any background at all? Mm. But not because I'm a woman. I shouldn't get it because I'm a woman. I should get it, number one, because of my ability, and number two, because I'm able to represent the people that elect me. Like, you had a bit of uh, political DNA because, you know, your family has been in politics for a while. Did that make it easier for you when you wanted to stand? I suppose, um, yes, in a sense that... Um, my, and I said that in the video because we did, as you probably know, a lovely video um, in the council chambers with all different answers. And I suppose, yes, it did in my life in the sense that, you know, my dad was in local politics now, it was never national or anything like yeah. that. And it was more community politics back then where there was, you weren't paid basically for it. It was something you did in your community. Then the wages came in and we got 60 euro every two weeks. That was the wages as a town councillor. And I suppose um, in our house, it was politics, all this politics. I remember Desi O'Malley coming to the house. Yeah. I remember Jack Lynch and things like that. So, yes, the answer to that question would be politics would have been something I grew up with. So it was always something I had an interest in. And working in community, I suppose, with my dad at certain times, um, it kind of led me in my in my yeah. path, I suppose. Yeah, and um, look, you're only the third woman in in a hundred years to to hold the office of of uh, county. Well, it used to be chair of the council, and now now county mayor. So, uh, congratulations on that. And there should be more. 
It's definitely going forward. Uh, that campaign up and running now, campaign for diversity in local government. Uh, County Mayor, Councillor Mary Lenehan Foley. Thank you. 1850 715 996. You can find out more on the County Council's website if you're interested in that. The next local elections, you've plenty of time to prepare. Next local elections are May of 2024 if my calculations are correct let's get back downtown let's get back to the businesses that are reopening let's get to the cork business association their president is ono sullivan own good morning a big day good morning pj yes a great day for cork city um look finally the hospitality sector is, is getting to reopen their doors after a six-week lockdown period so uh, it's a very very positive day uh, and, and it's the hospitality sector uh, and hospitality businesses really complement the retail that opened up on Tuesday. And we've seen such great success uh, from the retail business community this week. And, and I think it's been a very, very positive um, start to the Christmas period. So today there's been so many businesses uh, preparing over the last number of days, especially is getting their businesses restocked uh, getting their uh, premises in order and implementing government guidelines to welcome our customers back into the city uh, today for the first time. So, look, overall, it's been such a positive news and a positive week for the city. There's a great buzz around town. I've been around town all morning. Uh, and I, like it's so heartwarming to see uh, retailers calling into gastropubs, restaurants, and wishing everybody the best of luck. And, yeah. you know, it's just, there's just such a good, good vibe in Cork at the moment. Yeah. And, uh, that's probably one thing that I love about Christmas, that the spirits are high. And I think everybody is looking forward to getting into the city this year. There's a great sense out there, Owen, I get from social media and from what little time I spend wandering around during the week. The city looks marvellous, by the way, the windows. But there's a sense out there of we can and we will do everything asked of us to be able Absolutely. to stay open. Absolutely. And I think, look... Um, it's been a difficult decision for government to reopen uh, when the numbers weren't where they wanted them to be. Yeah. But I think that they knew it was the right thing to do because people need to get out in a boat and they need to enjoy Christmas because it's been a difficult year for everybody. Um, but we've been trusted to open our doors. And I can tell you, see, uh, PJ, through the Corporate Association, um, we have been in, in constant contact with our members and every business is taking this seriously. Every staff member is taking it seriously and I'd like to ask all the customers coming into the city just to be mindful of, of the, the workforce in both the retail and hospitality sector, just to be mindful that they are going to be doing their utmost to make sure that you have an enjoyable and more importantly a safe experience in Cork City this Christmas. But overall, uh, we've been uh, overwhelmed, I suppose, with the support we've gotten from uh, fellow Corkonians. The people of Cork love supporting locals. Yeah. Um, even through lockdown when they were buying online, it's been it's been incredible. Uh, and it's something that I'd like to thank the people of Cork for just supporting local businesses because this is the time. Christmas is a very, very important time. It's a crucial time because businesses do about a third of their business. Some of them do the third of their business for the year. Yeah. So getting reopened was just so, so important. Yeah. Owen, I think that... Coming from someone like yourself, the president of the Corp Business Association, I'd like you to take the next question. I've been pushing it here for weeks and months on the program. The whole thing of hands, face and space. Wash your hands, keep your space, cover your face. To people who don't have much time for face coverings, you and your members are pleading with them to comply with that, aren't you? 
I think um, the new regulations that came out that everybody should be wearing a mask on a busy street and I think uh, people have been doing that and I've seen a lot more masks being worn in the city centre but I, I would say that you like somebody might not be um, conscious of, of COVID and they mightn't be that worried about it but there's other people that are extremely worried about it yeah. and they, they want to come in and enjoy the city centre too so just be mindful of other shop, shoppers keep your social distance Keep washing your hands. Use the hand sanitizing stations that are that are in stores or in restaurants, and use your face mask. It's just it's simple things that will make everybody just enjoy their experience yeah. in the city and make everybody feel more comfortable. And you know, looking into twenty twenty one, and I say this with fingers, toes, and anything else that can be crossed, crossed, crossed. Hopefully, by this time next year, we will be able to consign the masks to the bin. Absolutely. Wouldn't it I'm be great? Forward. I still yeah, hate look. them. We got used to them, but I still hate them. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I, I don't think anyone is really that comfortable wearing them, but I think it's the, it's the right thing to do. Yeah. It does help control the virus. Uh, and look, I, I just to reiterate what we said there, it just makes people feel safer in the city centre. So just wear the mask when you're on the street, yeah. when you're going to and from a table, when you're in a restaurant, just to make sure, pop the mask on, yeah. make sure you're using the hand sanitising stations. And look, I suppose just for me to thank everybody for their support this year, like especially the people of Cork who supported local businesses, including 96FM, who have been given us great exposure. And look, from the business community, we cannot wait to welcome everybody into town today. Great. We cannot wait to have our doors back open. And look, just we, we just hope that you enjoy your experience in the city. And we can't wait to get in and get walking around. Thank you, Owen. 1850-715-996. Remember it. That's Owen O'Sullivan. President of the Corp Business Association, hands, face, space. Wash your hands, cover your face, keep your space. If we do this right, we'll be grand. And we won't have another lockdown if we do it right. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan on Courts 96 FM. Straight away to answer someone who called uh, 08... Or, sorry, called 1850-715-996 to give out a little bit and said to me, PJ, I think you're giving the wrong advice. It comes across that you're telling people to go against Neffet. Instead of telling people to visit the city, you should be telling them to stay away unless it's essential. I have never gone against Neffet and I'm not starting to go against Neffet now. Neffet has not told anybody to stay away from town. They advised that we stay closed for a little longer. The government decided to open. The shops are open. The gastropubs are open. The restaurants are open. And we also have a duty to support our local business. So while while observing what Neffet has asked us to do, which is to wash our hands, which is to cover our our face, which is to uh, respect social distancing. Neffet also wants us to keep our contacts small, to keep the numbers of people you meet as small as possible. Stick to only a few contacts. They want us to follow the rules. If you're following the rules, and I've said to anyone coming to town, anyone going to a pub, gastropub, anyone going to a restaurant, anybody doing anything for the next couple of weeks leading up to Christmas, do it with the recommendations of safety in mind. I'm not telling anyone to go against Neffet. I never have and I never will. 1850-715-996. Text to WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. 
E. I was in the shop the other night. I, I didn't get a lot of tickets. I'm almost sorry I didn't now. Not a big lotto player, but when someone goes away and wins all this kind of money, I get very jealous, you know what I mean? There must be light That's the song. Burning brighter somewhere. Got to be birds flying higher. Are we ready? In a sky more blue. If I can dream of a better land where all my brothers walk hand in hand, tell me why. Shane Cantlin, someone's dream is going to come true. Good morning. Hey, Peter. Happy Christmas. For you. And to you, it's been a very, it'll be a very happy Christmas for one of your customers. Unbelievable, isn't it? Some <laughs> amount of money, ten point eight million, like you know, one on a quick week there on Wednesday night. Um, so we've no idea who it is, PJ. But massive speculation here now this morning. There's a real buzz in the store. And uh, it's really, really, really exciting, you know. Wednesday night, a quick pick. Do you know what time? We don't, and they won't tell us, because obviously we'd be checking cameras and trying to find out who it is. So uh, <laughs> yeah. they won't tell us that at all. So sometime in the last week, and it was the Irish Lotto, and it's 10.8 million, their biggest win of the whole year in 2020, and also the 20th biggest win in the Irish Lotto history in the year 2020. So it's it's very cool, to be honest, you know. Absolutely. And, and would you sell a lot of Lotto there? Oh, you would, to be fair, like, it's, uh, like, and obviously it's uh, more as it gets bigger and as the, you know, the jackpot grows. So, uh, like, obviously tonight now is a huge night. It's 200 million on the Euro Millions, which is absolutely massive. So get yourself down here now for a lucky lava ticket, you know? <laughs> Do you know, I was given a bit more in, in information about you and, and I realised that I remember you from Beaumont Drive. You're going back now. So I'm, I'm 25 years in business, PJ. Yeah. We started off in Beaumont Drive. And yeah. I have a lot of happy memories. I'm always very thankful to all the people of Beaumont. Did, did and, you ever uh, think back then that you'd sell a big lotto winner like this? No, never. It's our first time ever now, you know. And uh, we have six stores now in Cork and we employ 250 people. We support all our local suppliers and, you know, we support our local communities. And we're just delighted now that one of our customers come into Christmas, three weeks before Christmas, you know, that they're going to have extra money to spend and it's absolutely brilliant, you know? For people who don't know where the store is, it's right in the heart, and I mean right in the heart of a massive housing estate. The chances of it having come from one of your neighbours are very, very high. Well, there is a slip road through Mount Oval, PJ, as everyone's aware, and and it's a shortcut home for a lot of people, but I would agree with you, Probably seventy percent of our customers are absolutely local, so and we would really love it, someone local, you know, to bring the festive cheer now. Like you know, like ten point eight million reasons yeah. to be happy coming into Christmas. Well, you know? well, both my brother and my sister live in Mount Oval, so, <laughs> so it's, there are nervous times. Well, at I the would COVID. say the, the biggest message today, PJ, to your listeners is check your tickets. The winner has not come forward. No, and I'd say check your tickets. You know, check your jeans before they go into the wash, and do everything you can do because someone has won and the lotto their big appeal today is they want people to come forward you know and claim claim the check you know yeah what's this i hear about paul and the crunchies paul and the crunchies yeah oh my brother paul and the crunchies well paul my brother works in the store yeah and i suppose we're just giving back to our customers say so we're just giving everyone a crunchy because tank crunchy is friday to make them feel part of you know the bit of a lot of buzz and look just a small treat so every customer coming to want over today we'll get a free country as they're shopping, you know? Ah, so that's happy deadly. Christmas, Jacob, see you.
So, um, so it's a brilliant buzz here now, and everyone's just in brilliant form. So it's, yeah. it's really good. Like, I know? remember being down there very early on in the lockdown. Uh, I've popped down once, twice a week, and and you had the the branded face shields, and I said that's good brand marketing. You know, you know what you're at down there. Yeah, I know. Well, that was the start. Down obviously after the new advice, we're going on to the mask. Yeah. with all our staff now so the fees the patients are in the past now yeah. well, we're just following regulations now and just trying to keep all our customers and our staff safe and I suppose you know you know with, with small but we'll get shared now from the lottery headquarters we'll use that now to you know bring all our staff out yes. when COVID is gone and you have a big coolie and a big party and we're really looking forward to you know marking the, you know celebrating this win with all our there, there is a nice twist out of it for the shop isn't there I'm not even sure what it is, you know, but, yeah. you know, it's not what people think. It, it, there is a twist, and uh, but that twist will absolutely be shared back with the staff and everyone to celebrate together. I, I don't intend to hold on to it, so I just want uh, to get that, back. That's, with that's, the that's very, very good of you. That, business is thriving down there in, in Mount Oval, and it's, it's, a, it, it's just one of your, your, your chain of shops. Yeah, no, Mount Oval is a very good store. Um, it's you know we support all our local suppliers. There's no if I start naming them out, I'll forget someone. But all the good local course suppliers are all highlighted within the store. And yeah. you know, you know, it's a spare shop and neighbourhood store within the estate of Mount Oval. And like we're just very happy with our customers and, and our staff. And we're really now this is just a big excitement now coming to Christmas. You know. All right. All right. Well, everyone in the Mount Oval or anyone who shopped there and drove through and shopped there sometime Wednesday they haven't told you what time they just tell you a quick no take. they haven't and I suppose look, just a big thank you to all the staff and all the team here for all the hard work they've done now since March and a big thank you to all our customers for you know helping us out in, in these times and I suppose yeah like you just said there check your tickets could be you alright alright great to see a local local business getting such a big win uh, on this three weeks to Christmas. Shane Cantillon from the Spar Shop in Mount Oval, uh, where they have sold the winning lottery ticket worth 10.7 million euro. Yeah, my brother and my sister both live in Mount Oval and my auntie lives up there as well. And I think I have a, I had a cousin up there at one point. He's moved out of it now. Like, Jesus, lads, you check your tickets. Check your tickets. There's a few bills you could pay for me. 1850715996. Sold in a quick pick on Wednesday in the spa shop in Mount Oval. It's worth 10.7 million euro. And there's a thing. Do you hear in the news what they said to the National Lottery? That they're going to send it in the post. They send the check in the post. Like, I hope that comes in a plain envelope. I hope it comes in an ordinary, plain, brown envelope without a big National Lottery logo across it, written like that. Can you imagine the palaver? Postman got up the drive with a, a, a thing from the National Lottery, wondering what's inside in it. He'd have to get some Christmas tip with the postman. 1850 715 Coming up later this hour, do you know the way when you read social media, there are people who write brilliantly on Twitter and Facebook and social media in general. And, you know, when you see their name come up with a new post, you read it because they're funny or they're creative or they can write or they can tell a story or have fun. And every so often, a clamour comes to people Write a book. Would you ever write a book? Would you write that stuff down? Few people on Twitter have excelled over the last few months. And a big shout out to my journalist friend, 
Olivia Kelleher, if you don't write that book in 2021, there will be no justice for you at the end of it. No mercy that ever was. But one of the most lovely things to come out of lockdown is a book written by uh, Helen O'Reilly called The Stairlift Ascends. It's very funny. It's a lovely book. And we'll get to that uh, before 11 o'clock. 1850-715-996. On women in politics, Bill says, I'm all for gender equality, but not a quota. Women have to get on on their merit, uh, which they're more than capable of doing. We all just need to change our mindset that politicians aren't men, just like all nurses aren't women. Well, I'm not too sure do they have them in New Zealand, where they've got one of the highest achieving and most popular leaders in the world right now in Jacinta Ardern, crawled into power, grabbed power by the skin of her teeth or the her fingernails a few years ago, and because of her performance on COVID-19, waltzed home in the recent general election over there. 1850 Some of your suggestions are where you'd like to go for lunch still coming in. Uh, Desmond's in Ovens, says Dennis. Uh, I'd like to go to the Trident in Kinsale for the Carvery, says Anne. The Castle in McCroom, says Angela. Yeah, I love that place. And Dwyer's, but I'm booking for next Saturday. Can't wait, says somebody else. Oh, there's Posh. Parrot's Garden Bistro in Hayfield Manor. Great food. Uh, says a message, and I love scoozies. Oh, doesn't we all? I love scoozies. The food is fab. Love the show. That's from Alice in Carrig Navarre. Yeah, scoozies, where you get the biggest bowl of wings in, in Southern Ireland. <laughs> the Opinion Line on Cork's 96 FM. With Lehan Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See lehanmotors.ie. This is Cork's Gold Imro Award winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083 396 96 96. On Cork's 96 FM. Speaking of shops and supermarkets and good places to shop, I must say good morning. If I don't do it one of these days, I'll be hauled over the coals. Good morning to everybody in JJ O'Driscoll's in Ballinlock. And in particular to, I think it's a Noreen is her name. Noreen is always given out that I talk about other shops and I don't mention J.J. O'Driscoll's. So good morning to J.J. O'Driscoll's and happy Christmas to everybody in J.J. O'Driscoll's. And I have a Christmas song for you in just a sec. But we have a 200 euro voucher to give away on the show every day this week with Foot Solutions in the Grand Parade. Giving the gift of comfort to your loved ones this Christmas with a Foot Solutions gift card. Playing footsteps or footprints in the snow. Gave you a set of them in the first hour and I'm going to give you another set of them now and I'm only doing it once because you got too good at counting and I got given out for giving you other ones or giving them to you second and third time anyway. So, you got your first set in the first hour. Here is your second set of footsteps in the snow for Foot Solutions. Add them up. Keep them safe. We'll give you a third set of footprints in our third hour and then you'll text or WhatsApp the total and your name to 083 396 96 We'll pick a winner towards the end of the show. 1850 I don't want a lot for Christmas. 
One of the all-time greats, Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas is You on Cork's 96FM. And speaking of all those Christmas greats, do not forget that we're once again counting down to Christmas with our exclusive online station, Cork's 96, was streaming your favourite hits non-stop. It's on the website 96fm.ie or on the Cork's 96fm phone app. It's exclusively online from Cork's 96fm with the Pavilion Ballygarvan, where their delightful bakery and cafe is now open so you can experience the true taste of Christmas. More on the pavilion.ie and I will be on Cork's 96mas tomorrow afternoon, Saturday, 2 to 6. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to that four hours of Christmas favourites. For now, though, on with the opinion line. 1850-715-996. And to Cork Institute of Technology, where they have free and subsidised places on 28 courses under the Government of Ireland Job Stimulus Provision. The short courses, and they're in a range of different disciplines, and they're specifically for people whose livelihoods have been impacted by COVID-19. This is, of course, CIT, which on the 1st of January will become the Munster Technological University when it joins forces with IT Tralee. But a long list of courses. Michael Loftus is the Vice President for Academic Affairs at CIT. Michael, good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. Many thanks for having me on your uh, programme. Delighted. Great list of courses here. Very practical. A fantastic list of courses, PJ. We have 460 free and heavily subsidised places. The courses have been selected in areas where jobs are available now or will be available in the near future. They're aimed at people who are currently seeking to find employment, those who are currently in employment and who want to upskill, and they're aimed at those maybe who are working in areas that have gone quiet because of COVID-19 and they want to use this time to add to their skills so that post-COVID they're in a, a very competitive position to uh, find work. Great range of courses, as you say. We've everything here from biomedical device manufacture to digital marketing to food photography to uh, uh, process instrumentation, business development, social care and so on. So a fantastic range of courses, something there for everybody. Yeah, maths for craftspeople, like that's... You know, are these short little courses, are they? What they are, PJ, is uh, the courses will run typically over 12 or 13 week uh, period. One evening a week typically is, is what they are. Uh, in in uh, in academic terms, they're typically five or ten credit courses. Right. So so they're nice, uh, a nice size. People will get practical skills from doing these courses, which will which will give them uh, qualifications that enhance their employability or their their uh, the sustainability of their current employment opportunities. Now we've thousands of people, unfortunately, still having to claim a, a pandemic payment and probably will have to for the foreseeable. The courses are free for those people. Yeah, so applicants who are in receipt of social welfare payments, including the pandemic unemployment payment, are eligible for free fees. If somebody is in employment currently, the, uh, they may apply to come on the courses as well. And and there's a 90% fee reduction for those wow. who are in employment. Typically, the full fees for these courses are in the range 500 euros to 1500 euros. Obviously, the, the 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 free places there's no charge. And for those who are in employment, 
that that then reduces to 10% of that range, so 50 to 150 euros. Very good. Now, the question will be asked, well, what if I apply for a course now and I'm on a pandemic payment and then, you know, my luck turns around and I get my job back in January? Do I have to pay then? Well, I, I'd say if there's a change in your status before the course commences, certainly you'll have to uh, you'll have to notify CIT of that situation. But if you had to pay, then PJ, the most you're going to have to pay anywhere would be ten yeah. percent. So it would it wouldn't be any more than fifty or one hundred and fifty mm-hmm. euros. And hopefully, if you were back in work, you, you'd you'd have some uh, more capacity maybe to address that requirement. When did they start, and what's been the uptake so far? Uptake so far is, is uh, very interesting. We uh, slow initially, I'd say. Over the last week, we've seen a significant rise in people uh, signing up for these courses. So uh, strong levels of demand. We have the deadline for applications is the 14th of December. And, uh, you know, a deadline always uh, focuses the mind. So as, as we come near that date, we expect demand to rise even further. The courses themselves will start towards the end of January and will typically run through then until uh, May or early June. Uh, and, and will they be on Zoom or will they actually be classes in person? So that will vary significantly by course. So if you go on the CIT website, www.cit.ie, you can see for each individual course how it's going to be delivered. So if the course says online, it'll be delivered uh, it, It'll be delivered uh, completely online. If it says part-time, uh, some of these courses will have a high practical element. There will be on-campus uh, teaching uh, and learning activity, but obviously in line with all the uh, relevant uh, safety protocols and so on and so forth. So there's a mix depending on what the learning uh, requirements are and the teaching requirements are for each course. Where can one go about applying for one of these? Uh, go directly to the CIT website, www.cit.ie. On the, on the main page of the CIT website, you'll see a link to these courses. You can get a description of each course. You can see what the entry requirements are. You can see what the course, uh, what you'll achieve in terms of outcomes from the course. All the details are there. Finally, Michael, before I let you go, I remember the, the first time that the idea of joining forces with the IT in Tralee was mooted, and it's a few years ago now. It's, it's finally come to pass that you'll become known as the Munster Technological University from, from January 1. It's been a long time coming. It has been a long time coming, but it's, it's, it's been a, an interesting journey. It's a time of reform across higher education, in Ireland uh, generally, uh, CIT and IT Tralee have been on the cutting edge of that, highly engaged with uh, lots of different stakeholder groups uh, across the region. We've reached this, uh, this great day now mm-hmm. and uh, we're looking forward to the future. Yeah, Will, I suppose, doing it in the midst of a pandemic, will that sort of will it take the, 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 the edge off it or will it just be a different challenge? I think it'll just be a different challenge. Uh, clearly, the pandemic has affected everybody and it's presented uh, just enormous challenges and hardships to to uh, a lot of communities. I think one of the, the uh, opportunities that may be there for the Munster Technological University, given that it operates across the entire southwest with many campus locations in Cork and Kerry, is that it's operating close to communities. And as a consequence of operating close to communities, we can be very much in touch with the needs of those communities and and uh, uh, maybe uh, through a COVID time 
offer them a more engaged experience than might alternatively be available to them. So certainly not the time we would have liked to launch, but we'll do the best we can with uh, current circumstances. Indeed. Just a, a question that's come in on the phone before I let you go, Michael, and I think it's a very relevant one because as our lives have changed so much over the last half or three quarters of a year now, we are doing more online and people have had to rapidly learn how to do more online and do more with with computers and phones and pads and all that kind of thing. And one group of people who've been affected is is the elderly who who didn't grow up in that world. Any chance of a a course or thoughts about courses to help people with that? Yeah, I, I, certainly there are, there have been initiatives uh, in Cork. I know we've had uh, engagement with the uh, local authorities in relation to trying to get devices out to the elderly and ensure that they're able to use them. Um, I'm not aware specifically of a course, PJ, but but I am very happy to take that request back into our decision-making process in CIT and, uh, and to give it some consideration. And if there's something we can do, in relation to that, we absolutely will. All right, good to hear it. That's and good luck with those courses. Great idea. That's Michael Loftus, Vice President for Academic Affairs at CIT, shortly to become Munster Technological University, first of January, twenty twenty one. If you want to find more, or find out more about those courses, those job stimulus courses. CIT.ie and follow all the links. 1850-715-996. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With Lehan Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See LehanMotors.ie. Access all areas on Cork's 96FM. Your guide to nightlife on Side. Hi, it's Michael here with an update on Cork's Entertainment. Irish songwriter Amy is just one of a number of new shows announced for Cypress Avenue in 2021. Her show takes place at the venue on February 7th and also coming up in the new year are Absolute Eagles on January 30th and Brian Deedy on March 6th. Access all areas. Before all that, there's a hometown headline show for Happy Alone taking place at Cypress Avenue on December 21st. You can get tickets for socially distant tables of four and full table service by checking out the venue's website, cypressavenue.ie. Access all areas. Feel free to let us know at Access All Areas if you have a recent schedule show coming up or any live streamed events by emailing aaa at 96fm.ie Access all areas Your guide to nightlife on the side On Cork's 96FM Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does They charge you a lot, we charge you a little So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This is Courts 
Gold Imro award-winning talk show, The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now, 1850 715 996 On Cork's 96 FM. Remember yesterday we had the, the lovely audio from Mount Car from Cara House? Um, with Scholar of Word of Fatima and the Franken Walters and all that beautiful f- spread. It was not in lots of the television news as well yesterday evening, but lovely spread on page three of Deco today, uh, where they have the pictures of the Franks and pictures of them all socially distanced and spread out. And I think the Lord Mayor was there. And it was great. And they all had their little virtual hugs, uh, as as shown to us by Adam on the Late Late Show last Friday. And he's back on the Late Late Show tonight. Now, that was quick. Because after Adam's appearance on the late late last Friday, uh, he went down an absolute storm, as 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 you can imagine, and they were inundated with messages. One of which came from Commander Chris Hadfield, the legendary astronaut who's been a guest on this program uh, more than once, and he reached out to Adam to say that there'd always be a place for him at NASA whenever he was able to come and visit, and they'd welcome everybody. I mean, the little kid is just, he's floating on air, he's walking on a cushion of air all week. Um, He's back on the Late Late Show tonight, is young Adam, and I think there's an appearance also by Commander Hadfield, so we shall see what comes from that. 1850-715-996. I mentioned earlier on, if you start following people on social media and you follow their writing because they're funny or they're amusing or, or they have a certain quirky way of of using words, um, you, you always say, book, come on, get a book out, get a book out, get a book out. Like, here's one, for example. Aunt browses the fashion rails. I go to the lingerie department. Aunt says, what did you get? I say, a few pairs of sloggy knickers. Oh, says the aunt, I'm surprised they do them in your size. <laughs> um, now in Marks and Spencers me I got some nice things to eat in the food hall did you spot anything in the way, in, anything to wear ah no says the aunt she was all for owl ones and the book is full of these which were originally were tweets tweets by Helen O'Reilly a former BBC RTE exec who moved home from London to Dublin last year, wasn't it, uh, Helen? And we were all following you on Twitter. Uh, and then you started tweeting about the ante during during the pandemic. And now you've got a book. It's been a bit of a whirlwind. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Lovely to talk to you. And it's you. Been, it's been absolutely mad. But it's given me something to do during lockdown. And we've all been looking to do something yeah. like that. <laughs> it's called The Stairlift Ascends. How did it come about? It came about because, uh, as you rightly put there, I came back after uh, 30 years in London. My poor mum had died, and my aunt who had lived with her was now all alone in the family house in North County, Dublin. Uh, So I landed in with her to live with her while I house-hunted in Dublin, and then COVID hit. So the two of us were living 24-7 in our little cocoon, because she's 90 90 at at that, that stage, uh, and I'd had an awful uh, dose of double pneumonia and, and was in an NHS intensive care ward a couple of years ago. So we were both high risk. Mm. So we were both we both had to lock ourselves away in our little bubble. And I just realised my my whole world certainly had had gone into this tiny 
tiny sort of room with my computer and this house with my aunt. And I thought, what what am I going to do for the next few months, apart from keeping us both alive? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I started following your tweets and I used to love the little, the stairlift ascends. <laughs> yeah. It created a whole picture of, you yeah. know, the way they disappear beyond that, you know, that little bend in the ceiling. That's where the right. <laughs> I, I called it that because she, she'd come out with her pittiest, wittiest comments as she was going up to bed at night, which was usually between half nine and ten, unless it was a good film on um, and she'd, she'd come out with it's an old stair lift so it made its way slowly and creakily up the stairs and she'd shout at me Helen don't forget to wash out those bins now, or something like that and they were so trivial but I, my head used to sink into my hands and I thought these were like the punctuation marks of the day you know the stair lift so that's why I gave it the, the title the stair lift descent yeah and there's an, a, an image it, that it portrays of a kind of a noisy stair lift. Oh, it is. Oh, my God. It pings. It's like R2-D2. You know, it pings and it wings. And sometimes it stops working and there's effing and blinding. This is a woman who's 91 and doesn't curse usually. And she's stranded halfway up. And the number of times I've had to get a torch and a, and a, and a, and a, and a you know, a wrench or something to try and make it work. And the funniest thing is about having this book out now is that the original people who put in the stair lift, a lovely company, yeah. I mean, it's 12, 12 years old or something, it's serviced my mother as well, have said they will come and do a complete refurb on it. It's got bits of gaffer tape around the arm and it's got bits hanging off it. But, you know, fair play to it, it's still carrying her up. <laughs> and she sounds like she's as sharp as a scalpel, even in her 90th year. Like, here's one, night, night, sleep well now. I'm happy with my hair, says you, great to know. The next time, don't try and drown me. <laughs> I know. I was, given, I was given the absolute task of putting in a hair colour. And um, she usually does it in her lovely bathroom upstairs. Or she has it done, usually, of course, when the hairdressers are open. So when I suggested I'd give it a go, she was very reluctant. But we did it one day. And she was, there was a lot of puffing and blowing and sighing and heavy sighing. And finally, we got her hair dried and everything. And she was quite happy with it. And then, of course, as she was going up the stair lift, she said, next time, don't try and drown me. It must be hard, you minding your own health and having to mind hers as well in the middle of all this. Like, in all seriousness, it can't have been easy. It's not easy, but, you know, we got into a routine where um, this is a woman that used to um, live with us when I was in my teenage years. She, she had her own house and then she'd looked after their own father and she sold the house and we built on an extension in Dublin and so she was like an elder sister to me. So we had a great rapport um, before I went away to, to, to London for 30 years. So she's kind of like a mix of a second mother and an elder sister. We used to sit and watch Dallas and eat her lovely cakes that she made. So we had a great bond already. And kind of, you know, this was, okay, taking it up 30 years later, there's a great reserve of love and respect there. And, you know, I was trying to keep her interested, even with just drives out, you know, to see the sea and so forth, if we couldn't go into a cafe or anything. And she, she's hilarious. All she wants to do is go to Arnott's or Brown Thomas. And all she does is browse. I mean, she's not a huge buyer. Yeah. She just loves doing the browse, you know. And she can't wait to get to Cork, by the way. She loves Cork. Oh, and she's a, great, she's a great cook. And she said, you've never taken me to the English market. So that's down when COVID lifts. Oh. You'll, be getting the, you'll be getting the red carpet treatment. Pat O'Connell will love her. <laughs> Pat O'Connell will absolutely <laughs> love the aunt. The, I think what was the magic of these tweets, Helen, for me anyway, just reading them, was the lovely, gentle 
within them. But also, you know, it reflects real life in a lot of homes and a lot of people were going through something like this. And it was, you know, Twitter can be a cesspit of nastiness and a dripping sump of negativity at times. And yet there's a lovely laugh, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I just, exactly. And there was a lot of stuff about, obviously about COVID, but about the nasty politics of Trump and Brexit and all this. It was a very depressing place to be around sometimes, Twitter. So in order to, you know, there's a lot more people obviously at home working from home and needing a bit of just virtual support because they couldn't have their real friends around. So that's why I just started putting them down. It's very odd tweets. I'd only put them down when she actually said something. There was nothing added, nothing taken away. And people were saying, oh, is there not, is there not a tweet tonight? And I said, well, she hasn't said anything tonight. You know, so they'd be, they'd be irregular, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then when I moved out to my new house, of course, the stair lift, I couldn't hear the stair lift because she's 25 minutes away up the M1 here in Dublin. But it's all phone calls, you know. So I got a phone call just to show you how it's changed. I got a phone call the other night, um, a few weeks ago, nine o'clock at night, right? I'm cleaning up the kitchen, ready to go upstairs to bed. Phone ring. And she said, Helen, uh, I've run out of seven up. And I said, it's nine o'clock at night. I said, well, what, what do you want your seven up for? She said, I said, is it for your whiskey? She has a little medicinal jemison every night. And she says, yes, I've run out. And I said, well, I'm not driving up the motorway with a bottle of seven up at this hour at night. I said, can't you put a bit of water in it? And she said, gosh, you know, she said, then it's a taste of whiskey. You know what I mean? She said, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the idea that she could ring and I'd zoom up with a bottle of seven up so she can have her little snifter before she goes to bed. I love her. I mean, you know, that's why she's 91 and that's why she keeps going because nothing stops her, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think you've, you have become, I mean, you were close anyway, but you've become even closer, I think, through this. Oh, we have, sure. We did a, um, uh, she, the thing about the tweets was I had to give do them with her permission from the start. I said, can I put these down on Twitter? I won't give your name. I won't show a photo. So long as you stick to those two things, she said. And um, so I did. So that there was never a name. There was never a photo of her. It was just the aunt. And then when, I, when O'Brien Press, who brilliantly turned this round in a week, yes. um, literally a week, most Christmas books are ready to be pub- are re- are published in July, you know, um, and Ivan O'Brien got it turned around in a week. And um, when I told her, I said, the Irish Times is going to do an article on this, and they want a photograph of me with your stair lift. And I, she said, oh, right, why do they want a photo of you? I said, because you don't want your photograph taken. She said, oh, hang on now, she said, for the Irish Times. And I said, yeah, oh, I want to be in it, I want to be in it. And I said, oh, great. I said, so when I, when I turned up, she had the, the pearls on, the best new jumper on, the hair done, everything. And then I said, I said to her, I said, so um, will we put your first name? Oh, yes, she says, put my first name as well. So the complete, the limelight was to be shared now, you see, once it was in book form. So her name is Monica, mm. she's Aunt, Aunt Monica, and she's, she's there for all to see in the Irish Times. And she is just delighted with herself. Yeah. Talk about Elisa life, you know. So it's been great fun for both of us. And um, she keeps coming out with the gems, you know. Mm. And uh, everybody said, oh, you have to do a second one. I said, God, give me a rest. I've just barely done the first one, you know. Yeah. Come here to me. Kept us going. I read in the back of the book, totally different thing. You were responsible for bringing Doctor Who back. I was part of the BBC One team. And I was was deputy to the controller of BBC One. And... um, I, as, 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 as that, in that role, you help commission programmes for, for the channel. It's a billion pound television channel, the biggest in Europe. 
And I had been a massive Doctor Who fan in the early 70s. We could get um, BBC One in uh, Dublin, free, of course. And I was a huge Doctor Who fan. So when I joined the BBC, even though I didn't go into the sort of drama entertainment side, I was in factual and current affairs, I had a great uh, love of Doctor Who. So when I was there, I began plaguing the the controller of BBC One. Please, please, can we bring back Doctor Who? We got this, because they're about a million pounds an episode. And... um, so I plagued her and plagued her, and she finally said to me, Helen, she said, you're driving me mad. She said, would you go on a t- start finding out who owns the rights to Doctor Who? Because we'd sold rights to Hollywood and things like that. Yeah. And that started the ball rolling. And within, I think it was two, it takes a good while to get, within about 18 months, we had Doctor Who back on screen. Right, so yeah. that was a fantastic time uh, to, to, be, uh, to be at the BBC. Absolutely. And a lot of people are very grateful to you for that. I know yeah. big, big Doctor Who fans. <laughs> Stay there, Helen, because someone okay. who has become a dear friend of mine over the last number of years, and I think you may have worked with quite some time ago, has just called us on, on line three, and someone else who also has a book out, Bibi Baskin Akara. Dias <laughs> Merigas. Hello, Dias Merigas. I, I recognise that voice, you know, PJ of Helen O'Reilly. Uh, great to see your great success since you've come back, Helen. Lovely to hear you, Bibi, that fabulous voice. <laughs> <laughs> you worked uh, together, did you, before... We did, we did. It, I was, I think it's about 30 years ago. Helen, it was before the BB show, wasn't it? It was on it's, that evening yes. extra show. That's right. We had, we had desks across uh, from each other and you'd come in bustling in your leather jacket and your fabulous handbag and <laughs> BB would just be this formidable. Uh, you know, I got a lot of, I learned a lot from BB. My God, she was a powerhouse. Oh. So um, we even went, didn't we, BB, to America? Do you remember the time we did the live yep. show from from uh, New York and Washington? And we had a fantastic time over there. Yeah, and it's funny, the memories, you know. Uh, you were very young then. I was a bit older. And now I'm very old, and I don't know where you would rate yourself. But at the moment, but I did find a photo of that trip to somewhere in America uh, just a few years ago. And, oh, my God, it's hard to believe it was you and me and Nula and Justin. And Justin, of course, passed away two years ago. Uh, real nostalgia in that photo. We are. We are. And, and of course, Rola there, Colette was there. <laughs> oh, was she? Yes, Colette was our, was our director on the trip. Yeah, oh, oh. and Peter McAvoy. We had a fantastic, yeah. a fantastic few days filming in New York. And Shay yeah. Healy was with us, and Shay took us to all the fabulous music clubs that he'd uh, yeah. been in. There's a lovely, a lovely reunion going on here now. Yeah, well, now we, yeah. we can stop it, but not before, PJ. I say to you this awful moment, which you would know about as an interviewer. I remember, Helen, it was in Washington, D.C., and it must have been Patrick's Day. And this, you know, lovely blonde, white-teethed American young man sat down and I was interviewing him. And PJ's opening gambit to me was a total mishmash of Irish. He says to me, Erago bra. And I thought, what the actual feck am I going to say to that? <laughs> Erago bra. I mean, piss off Americans with that. Oh, stop. So there you go. Bibi, do you know who that was? No. Can you rem- I know who that was because I had to put the makeup on him. It was, oh. it was Congressman Joe Kennedy. Oh, for no. goodness sake. Bobby, Bobby Kennedy's <laughs> I- son. 
<laughs> yeah, I knew I interviewed one of the Kennedys, yes, but I didn't know he was the Arago bra merchant. Oh. Yes, he was. He was. Because I, I brought him into the studio for you. And uh, I remember that he was he was very tall, very blonde, and very big white teeth. I remember That's that. Right. I remember that too. Ladies, well, you, you would both know the importance of time, and the time is beckoning yeah. me to finish. Yeah. But I know. This, it's delighted to have you both on together. Helen O'Reilly, congratulations on the book, The Stairlift at Hens. And of course, Bibi, you've got your own book out as well, published by Michael Mulcahy, called The Happy Book. Good luck to you both with both the books. And great to have you both on the opinion line, Helen O'Reilly and Bibi Baskin. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan on Corks 96 FM. I think that little chat between Helen and Bibi is the unexpected hit of the day on the Opinion Line. Thank, the, thank you to them both, both with, with books out. Helen O'Rahilly, as we were speaking about the Stairlift Ascends, a collection of her tweets from a COVID cocoon, which is lovely. And Bibi has her new book out called The Happy Book, published locally here by by Michael Mulcahy. 1857-15996 is the number. The text to WhatsApp is 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. Nice to hear from Johnny Bongos. Hey, Johnny Bongos. Playing around Mallow Saturday, December 5th for music festivities with Owen and Johnny. Playing properly socially distanced, of course, at Taylor's Corner, the Hibernian Hotel, Hurley Centra, the Plaza and the Gallery around Mallow Saturday afternoon. Johnny Bongos and Owen. Great to see. Thanks for that, lads. 1850-715-996. Have a listen to this. This is just the soundtrack from a little video. Dear Santa and Michal Martin, it's me, Minna. I've been a good girl all year, washing my hands and keeping my distance. So I'm hoping you'll be good to me this Christmas. I'm worried about climate change and my future. I'm worried about all the children and animals all over the world. Santa, if you can't help me, I know Mr. Martin can. He needs to make the new climate action plan better. For example, it's not enough to pursue zero carbon emissions by the year 2050 when I will be 37 years old and maybe have children of my own. We have to achieve zero emissions by then at the latest. It's like if I say I will try to tidy my bedroom every week next year. That's not a promise to have a tidy room, is it? I have to say, I will tidy my bedroom, don't I? Well, I'll tidy my room if you tidy up the climate action plan. Deal? There are four more loopholes. Please grip them, or, or Santa may not come to you on Christmas Eve, Mr. Martin. Love, Minna. Nikki, that's the cutest little thing. <laughs> yeah, she's a very cute little girl. <laughs> Nikki French Davis, good morning. This this is to do with now that video is you you put it up there to to mark a specific occasion and a specific online event that's happening next week. That's right. It's happening on Monday, 
Um, and it's uh, it's the result of, of a lot of work all over the country. Um, I'm just involved in the Cork South Central constituency, but there's people beavering away all over the country right now, um, making plans to meet online with their local representatives in the Doyle um, and uh, ask for... Um, a strong climate action policy, which is we're very close to, to putting into law now the new uh, climate action bill. I'm not an expert myself. I'm just a normal citizen. Mm. Um, and uh, all over the country, people are asking to make that bill really binding and really something that uh, that the whole citizenry can can get behind and um, and work towards because there's only one way out of out of this. It's it's something that kind of got forgotten in the course of the COVID pandemic was climate change. It's still been going on like. It's absolutely, and it's uh, going on a pace. I mean, it's like we've we've had this enormous mountain to climb and we can't see the mountain range that's hidden behind it, but it hasn't gone anywhere. Um, And I mean, we've learned so many things with COVID. We've learned very well in Ireland, especially about early um, action. You know, the sooner we a stitch in time saves line you know Um, so uh, I'm very worried and a lot of other citizens are very worried that it is getting pushed aside through look it's uncharted territory everything is everything is very tough at the moment there's no question but this is not going away and it's I, I keep thinking it's the youth all over the country who are shouldering a lot of the burden of COVID and it's it's come out a lot in the media recently um, and it's it's kind of incumbent on us, the, the middle-aged people who are more or less in charge of the country now, um, to shoulder a burden to protect their health and the society they're going to live mm. in that we won't be around for. You, you were pointing out I think that the response of our own TDs in Cork South Central mm-hmm. to the, and I, I'm also a resident of Cork South Central by the way, to the, the Zoom call hasn't been as good as it might be. It hasn't. Now, again, it's a it's a really difficult time, um, and we have the extraordinary position of having three ministers out of our four TTs. Um, and there's no question they're all super busy with very important stuff, but they're all busy with important stuff that is hugely impacting on and impacted by climate change. Um, and we need to make sure that they're, they're still part of the conversation. Um, so yeah, I wanted to highlight it here in the, in the absence of, of not being able to, to speak with, with three of the ministers. Um, I, I thought it would be a good idea to just let the, let the, the rest of the constituents know that, um, this is something that we must be thinking about. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. Hmm. I, I'm about to bring on, and, uh, Deirdre Duff from Friends of the Earth, Nikki, who is one of the Friends of the Earth are one of the people, one of the groups behind this new movement, which I hadn't heard about until this week, called One Future. So stay there for me, Nikki, and I'll bring in Deirdre, Deirdre Duff. Hi, good morning to you. Good morning. Now, How Friends of the Earth is around a long, long time, but tell me about One Future. Yeah, so One Future is a, a, a kind of a a network of groups that are springing up all around the country. Just normal local people, um, as Nikki says, not experts, but just they care about climate change. And some of them also happen to be very knowledgeable. But the, the main thing here is that is they're just normal citizens that, that really want to see action on climate change. And they're organising into little constituency groups. Mm. Um, so based around their constituency and they're getting people um, involved in coming to this um, 
joint TD lobby day yeah. for climate action, for faster and fairer climate action that we're organising on Monday. Yeah. Um, well, but just to say, if, if if people aren't involved in a One Future group, they can still come along um, individually. We're really encouraging that. Um, and how people can do that is if they go to www.stopclimatechaos.ie. Mm-hmm. So that stop climate chaos all one word dot ie, um, they can join up to they can register uh, to join the lobby there. Yeah. Um, and they'll see a timetable. They'll be able to click through and see a timetable, and they can see what time slots are available to meet yeah. their own individual TDs, and they'll be able to meet them with other constituents. If there's a local one future group with that one future group, so they won't be meeting the TD on their own. Um, you know that they'll have lots of support, and I suppose that's the the really important thing. That like if people don't feel comfortable, you know, talking a huge amount, they don't have to. They can just show up. Um, but if they do have lots of things to talk about, you know, they'll also have have that opportunity. Quite a long, um, quite an impressive list of organisations involved in in One Future. So, what is the what is the mission statement of One Future, as it were? I suppose uh, to give you it in a in a headline, it's it's to campaign and to achieve faster and fairer climate action. Um, we know that we need faster climate action. Um, just this week, Met Erin um, produced quite a, a startling report, really warning that you know extreme weather events in Ireland are set to become, you know, much more um, extreme because of climate change. Um, and we know, and even thinking back, I suppose COVID kind of has, has hidden this a bit. But when we think back to, say, the flooding we had in February, um, the, the, the water shortages we then had in the summer, um, you know, the climate is changing in Ireland. And But this is really only the tip of the iceberg. But I suppose what's even more important is Ireland is actually doing better than many countries in yeah. terms of climate impacts. We're causing a huge amount of climate change, but we're just fortunate in that the impacts aren't as severe with us. In the, well, in the, in the real world, I guess, Deirdre, in the real world, are, we're a tiny player. And, and you know, we can do our best here and, and do, do, do the level best that we can, but there are other parts of the world who are decades behind. Yes, but our, our emissions as a country are very, very high. You know, uh, as a per capita basis, um, as a rich country, we're one of the rich countries that are doing most to cause climate change, but yet not yet experiencing the really extreme impacts that many countries are already facing. Like for many communities around the world, it's already a life or death issue. Yeah. Um, so we have to do our fair share of the action. Um, so One Future is asking for faster climate action and we're also asking for that fairer climate action. And the fairer climate action is doing our global fair share, but it's also making sure that the transition to you know, a zero carbon future in Ireland is fair and that we don't leave communities behind and we do, that we do it in a just way and that we look after you know, maybe workers that are impacted, say, for example, maybe Bordnamona workers. Yeah. Um, and that we is a worry. We don't want them to be pushed off a cliff edge. We want to make the transition happen now and happen, you know, in a way that looks after people. And, and that is a worry because when you when you talk about climate change, and I think to be fair, we all know what needs to be done, and we all know that the more quickly we do it, 
the better. But and and your your website makes some reference to this kind of, for ordinary people in ordinary jobs with ordinary homes. The prospect of what lies ahead to get to zero emissions will bring massive expenses on the ordinary family. See, so that's why um, political change and policy change on this issue is so important. It shouldn't be up to individual citizens to have to spend more money to do the right thing. What we need, and this is why the lobby is so important, we need citizens to, to come to events like this lobby and other ways of influencing their politicians. And we need to change things at a system-wide level, at a policy-wide level, so that it's automatically cheaper and easier to live in a way that's no longer contributing to climate change. You know, so we want to make it so that just as one example, when we turn the, the light switch on at home, it's automatically renewable energy. It's not costing us anymore. Yeah. Finally, um, to, to, come, to come back, and that's the thing, the cost. I mean, even, even recently I changed a car and I would love to have gone electric, but it's just too damned expensive. And that's, that's the simple fact. Bring it back to, yeah. to, to, to Nikki and, and to Mina, I guess. You know, she, like she said, she'll be 37 in, in, in 2050. What are your fears for your little girl heading forward into this strange world, Nikki? I'd have... I'd have fears of um, for society when there's going to be a lot of climate refugees and as one of the countries least affected and most affecting, uh, we will be expected to, to show... I, I have, I, I'm very welcoming of refugees, I should say, but the, that, that is the kind of thing. Food security. I'm really concerned about food security. I have grown up in a world where anything I wanted was on the supermarket shelves and it's been so easy it's been very very cheap I would say compared to my parents generation and their, the generations before them I think we've become very um, expectant of a lot of things um, that could change vastly in the future um, I'm, I'm worried about about the um, bio the um, the Diversity, biodiversity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm worried about the ability of us to grow food here as a nation. Um, I, you, the farmers will tell you how difficult things have got. The seasons are all over the place. Mm. Um, and uh, like, it's not just us. It's the whole world. It's, it's sorry to, confer, to compare it to COVID again. But, you know, this is a worldwide thing and everybody needs to do their part. Okay. Um, I'm just, I, yeah, I'm very worried that they live in a society that is not taking care of each other, that is, has a huge ch- um, gap between the haves and the have-nots and the people who are secure and the people who are very, very insecure. And I guess trying to provide and educate and prepare your little girl for that kind of a world is a big job for any mom. Thank you. Nikki, and thank you, Deirdre from Friends of the Earth. One, one Future is, is the umbrella group. And if you want to find out more about what's going on at Monday and what their aims are and all that, you can go to the website stopclimatechaos.ie. Stopclimatechaos.ie. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With Lehan Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See lehanmotors.ie. This is Cork's Gold Imro Award-winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now, 1850-715-996. On Cork's 96FM.
Our Fiona has been out and about again, feeling festive, getting into the seasonal chair as she's been to Castle Martyr National School. We'll hear that a little later. Been to visit them all down at Castle Martyr National School uh, for the Fiona Gets Festive package this week. 1850-715-996. Something we were all dreading was Christmas without a panto. And yes... Even when I'm old enough to know better, I would still miss Christmas without a panto. Well, guess what? It's happening. It's the best panto in town. You'll be a dirty look at Egypt to miss out. <laughs> Nanny Nelly. Hello, PJ, you humpty chunky hunk. It's me, Nanny Nelly. How are you getting on? I'm all right. Good man, you're... <laughs> Hashtag dirty looking Egypt. <laughs> dirty looking Egypt. And you know we're going on the flat top, don't you? I'm like Ariana Grande or you too. And the tickets are selling fast. Because there is a panto this year at the Opera House, but it's different. It's very different, PJ. I'll be presenting Nanny Nelly's panto telly and taking the boys and girls on a little trip down memory lane and showing them the clips of the best bits of pantos over the years at the cock up the house. I can't wait. I'm so excited. And did I hear that there might be a few moments where it didn't go right and people thought that that had been all uh, left on the cutting room floor, Nanny? Oh, they're terrible, PJ. They really are. Oh, my mistakes and the laughs and the giggles we've had over the years. It's all my best bits, my good best bits, PJ, and me in a crochet bikini. I believe that was on your wish list to Santa this year, you little minx. <laughs> Frank Mackey, come down, come down to earth. Nanny Nelly is such a wonderful creation and has been going now at the Opera House for many, many years. And it's it's part of Christmas. To get to both Panthers in the city is part of my Christmas, and I'll certainly miss ah. it this year. But But what is happening now? Well, basically, what we've done is that the Opera House have come up with an idea that we, we needed to get the, the audience out there, you know, because the audiences have come out from 54,000, 56,000 over the years, you know, and we needed to put this and people on Facebook asking to do something about this. And we, uh, Eileen Gleeson, the head, the CEO, Trevor and myself came up with the idea of putting it online in some way, shape or form. So what we've done is really taking a collection collection of most of the pantos over the years and taking out the best bits. And now we're going to show those with me presenting it from the theatre. How many pantos have we done now with Nanny Nelly and the crew? Nanny Nelly... <laughs> That is scary to think I've been at this for 20 years. 20 years? Not 20 years with Nanny. I did 10 years. I did five years in the Gaiety and then the Olympia. And I've done um, the, the Gaiety, the Olympia and the Tivoli and the Helix. And then I came to Cork and then working with the late Brian Flynn. Ah. taken me to uh, fifth, 12 years then with the Opera House. Brian yeah. came to Cork and... God rest him and bless him. He was such a wonderful bless fellow. Yeah. He 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 came to Cork for I think ten weeks to get a panto. That's oh, right. And never left. He did. Yeah. And I remember meeting him for I, I I as you know I live in Dublin, but I remember meeting him this young, energetic, fantastic mind, theatrical genius. And I remember meeting him and 
I remember John O'Flynn put a, set up the meeting and he said, I want you to meet this guy. I think he'll be great as a dame in the Cork Opera House, you see. Mm. And I said, I could never fill Billa's shoes. That won't happen. Yeah, Billa. And uh, he said, meet this guy anywhere. And I met him and we had a wonderful conversation. And his intellect on theatre in the background. And I thought to myself, yeah, this is the good. I'm in safe hands. Mm. I trust this guy. And it was very difficult at the start. And like everything, it grows and blossoms as you get into character. And now she's on a different level altogether she's, since she's myself great... and Trevor took over, you know. Brian, Brian, well, I think what, what was his magic? And he brought, like you said, Nanny Nelly and those pantos to, to bear in the opera. Nothing was too big for Brian. Nothing, nothing. He was a genius. I will, I will fit it in. I remember talking to him about a show, and he, a very big, ambitious show that he did. It was a huge show. And I said, yeah. Brian, this, this is a very, very big show. He said, yes, and I will fit it in. Yeah, and he did. And he had that mindset as well to be able to do that, PJ. He was able to take what he saw in the West End or even go bigger than that, even on lower budgets. I mean, yeah. we're talking millions that they would get, but certainly... Day, he was able to translate that onto yeah. the Cork Opera House stage. You know? And you, you mentioned Billa, and Billa is a dear friend uh, and yeah. celebrates his birthday on Christmas Eve. That's right, and he's been coming to the Panther for the last yeah. number of years and coming absolute, backstage an to absolute see me Absolute legend. And I hope I see him over Christmas. He's been cocooning since March, yeah. but I hope I see him at some stage. A dear, dear friend. That was a massive thing to do, though, to it be was, the new dame after, after such a legend. very difficult task but um, I just got into it and now it was humbling for me to see him out there watch me you know as a child I would have watched him with my father my mother you know and we would have gone to the opera house over the years as a child and to watch that funny man up there and I thought but you always identified Bella as the man playing the dame you know as well which is wonderful and he had a great charm What's, what's the magic of, pan, of Panto, Frank, that I, at, in, at my age, old enough to know better, and my children old enough to know better, still yeah. wouldn't miss Christmas without a Panto? Exactly. I think it's the child coming out in all of us, isn't it? And it's that beautiful magic that we create as children that we bring into our adulthood, and that's what we want to watch, and we want to laugh, and we want to giggle. As Nanny would say, I want to laugh till my belly pops and my bottom burps. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nanny, when is the show on? So, PJ, we're going out from the uh, the 22nd of December to the 31st of December. And the show goes out on a 2 o'clock, a 5 o'clock and a 7 o'clock showing. Ooh. And that's through the Cork Opera House website. Yeah, and you buy your tickets there and you get a link sent to you and you put it on the telly. All yes, the smart and tellies, you put it on the telly. You put it on the telly and you hope and you put and you watch it in your Christmas pyjamas. <laughs> <laughs> Stadio1.com hashtag Dirty Look at Egypt. Dirty Look at Egypt, and it was so lovely talking to you, PJ. And you too, Nanny, and, and, and keep Frank keep Frank safe. All right. God Good luck. Bless. Thanks. Happy Christmas. And Bye-bye. happy Christmas to you too. That's the great Frank Mackey. Nanny Nelly from Dupper House Panther. In between that, you may have missed the message when we were having some crack, but they're putting on a television version of the Panto over the Christmas. So what you'll do you'll go on to the Cork Opera House website and that'll redirect you to a website called Dice FM and the ticket for the whole family for the whole family the ticket to see the show is a tenor so get around in the front room on the settee push the Christmas tree out of the way because they fit everybody in and put it up on the big screen the Christmas 
Nanny Nelly's Christmas telly. Nanny Nelly's panto telly. You see, when all this started, and things started getting cancelled, gigs and shows and events and pantos and match, it was all so desperately, desperately bleak. But isn't it great that by year's end we've just found another way to do it? Hopefully next year we'll be able to go back to everything being live again. But we found another way to do it. And the Everymen are having a great series of their audio presentations as well on their website. You get all the details there. I just can't get over how great it is that we're actually having some fantastic entertainment. Because our entertainers, they've had an awful year. And let's support them. Let's buy tickets for these things. Let's buy the links for these shows. Let's support our entertainment industry as we head into Christmas. And you know what? We're supposed to stay at home as much as we can. We're not supposed to go out on the Raz over the Christmas. So let us stay at home, get a link, and watch a show. This is Court's Gold Imro Award winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 0833 96 On Court's 96 FM. Yeah, three weeks today, of course, the big day, Christmas Day. And as we draw ever closer to it, We'll be doing more and more festive cheer, or at least as much of it as we can muster in the course of the day. And part of it will be Fiona Corcoran heading out on her festive trail, finding seasonal events and seasonal things to do. And Fiona gets festive, and we'll do it every Friday. She went off today to Castle Martyr National School, and the principals and the parents down there have created a winter walkway in the school to keep up with the Christmas tradition. And she went down there this morning to find out what it's all about. It's the most wonderful time of the year. You can see like, the delight in their eyes as they're walking past. They're staring up at all the, the decorations, trying to spot as many things as they could. Um, and they're, they're not allowed to stop on the walk, so it was like <laughs> they're walking in slow motion up the, up the, uh, up the path. <laughs> the normal festive activities enjoyed by school children are on hold this year, so Principal of Castle Martyr National School, Barrow Othuma, decided to transform the school entrance into a winter walkway to brighten up their mornings. So we're trying to think outside the box and um, we were just looking outside here one evening and we saw that we had a perfect landscape for something like this so and then we had the perfect people to make it work so we have our caretaker Peter who can make anything out of anything (laughs) yeah yeah I did most of the decoration like basically the 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 woodwork Uh, I make the 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 creep and a few other things (laughs) I'm working here eight years and I just try to make something for the kids to to just cheer up their, their days yeah. and then we have great parents who are great support like um, Karen Sargent one of the mothers did all the painting and the different props I'm delighted it was a complete escapism for me to be messing away inside in the room painting like it was just I was delighted delighted and other families the Kylie's built the reindeer over in the far off corner and people donated all the things from the back of their shed and things like that so we thought since the community were really after buying into what we were doing to reopen the school safely that it would be nice to do a whole community kind of effort thing and everybody bought into it. Karen Sargent's 11-year-old daughter Emma is in the school and Karen explains why she wanted to get involved in the project. It's a great school, it's done so much for my family, Um, it's done so much for my daughter. My daughter was born with Down syndrome and she was born with visual impairment and I just wanted to pay it forward. They've just been an extremely 
kind and respectful school. Her education level is, is amazing. Um, and I'm so grateful for everything that they've done all, all through the school, the staff, principal, the children. It's just such a fabulous, inclusive school and I'm delighted to be here and help them out and do what I can. What age is she? She's 11. She's in fifth class. Yeah. And she's, you know, she's reading, writing, doing her maths. For the little girl that came in in junior infants to the girl who's like, you know, growing into a teenager, what she's like, she was very shy and, you know, she'd be nervous speaking in public, whereas now she's standing up in class and she's telling people her news and her speech is, you know, so clear and, you know, for her to be able to function socially in, in, in the world and be in a mainstream school is just so important. And what did Emma think when she saw her mammy's creation? She was so was like, well done, mom. It's amazing. She was just thought it was the most awesome thing to come into school and see Santa Claus and Christmas trees and lights and it was just great. And what about the other kids? I love it and I think it's really cool. It makes everyone happy, excited for school. It feels good, like it's fun to look at and stuff. Yeah. It gets you in the Christmas spirit. Yeah. After the year we had, I think it's really good and there's a lot of effort put into it as well. Like everyone missed school a lot because like we were really bored at home and everyone was looking forward to go back to school. So we were happy when we came back. That they tried to make it like really good for us. I thought it was amazing. Yeah, very good. It feels like we're in like an actual winter wonderland. Yeah, and we will play that song in particular at some stage before Christmas. We will, I promise. The request coming in. Listen, that was great. Love that. That's from Castle Martyr National School, where they've put together a winter walkway to celebrate Christmas with and for and about the children. And that's from Fiona's Gets Festive, the latest in her series of festive packages. Another one next week. 1850-715-996. For the last time, we go to Foot Solutions with a 200 euro voucher to give away every day this week. And thank you for being with us. Uh, foot solutions on the Grand Parade. I have footprints or footsteps in the snow for the very last time. Gave you some between 9 and 10. Gave you some between 10 and 11. Here is your last set of footsteps in the snow for foot solutions. Count them up and then tell me how many in total we played. Right, you have a total now. Add it up and text or WhatsApp it in to 083 396 96 96 and we'll draw one before the end of the programme and we'll have our last winner of a €200 Euro voucher giving the gift of comfort to your loved ones this Christmas with a Foot Solutions gift card. Had a word in from Fergal, he's off today, but he got a message and he wanted us to bring it to you. Uh, it says, Neil from Con Murphy's Menswear was on to Fergal to say they have found a wallet outside the shop uh, and look there is a name in it obviously we're not going to give that out but they have no way of contacting the person who lost the wallet so if you call into Con Murphy's menswear you're around that part of town and you think you're missing a wallet you want to call in and you can identify who you are they've got it for you there's nothing worse than losing a wallet three weeks before Christmas thanks Fergal for Popping that into us on your day off. 1850 715 996.
on Christmas. That's Darlene Love on Cork's 96 FM. Actually, join me tomorrow on Cork's 96 Miss. Online or on the app, 96FM.ie or on the 96 Miss app. Join me 2 to 6 tomorrow for four hours of festive cheer and tunes like that. I'm really looking forward to it. Listen, Bus here and we're on there joining forces again with the Cork Penny Dinners. Today and tomorrow they have a bus on Capwell at the Capwell Depot between 10 and 6. Fill it from top to bottom with donations and gifts and presents and stuff for Penny Dinners. And coming in the week that we finally got it sorted with the help of uh, Michael Mulcahy and John Minahan and a few more, fr- uh, Frank Sheehan and all them, we've got it sorted. And you might, if you've missed it, you'll check it in the papers, listen back to the show, you'll see it on Facebook. The little miracle, miracle of little Hanover Street will happen. More on that as we get closer to it. But bus there and fair play to you. 1850-715-996. I need to talk to a very important person and an old and dear friend who is now nominated as the Cork person or one of two Cork persons of the month, Elmery Ma and Connor Tallon. Elmery, good morning. Hey, good morning, Peter. Because I'm after going two inches after that there. <laughs> ah, listen to me. I, I was only talking there when I was chatting with Nanny Nelly earlier on. You know, how hard our people in the arts and entertainment and culture have worked to try to make something out of Christmas for us. And you and Connor on a Sunday morning have played a huge role in helping them to do that. Well, you know what? It's a privilege, PJ. I mean, like, we just remind each other all the time about what an amazing job it is to be in that position every Sunday morning. It's incredible. And I think, like, Connor and myself both tremendously appreciate the fact that this nomination came about as a result of, I suppose, working through COVID and supporting the arts through COVID. And what we would say is promoting the arts through COVID because we would have said, like, the whole arts community would just have been a constant source of inspiration right the way down. I mean, like, from the beginning of lockdown, there were people doing free gigs on Facebook every night, and there was Cork musicians and performers raising money for charities all over Cork right from the very beginning, when their own kind of source of revenue and wages and gigs and prospects of work were all taken from under them, and they still put themselves out there. And so, to be fair, Connor and myself were just really, really happy to be in the position where we could give them a platform and support them as much as we could. And that's what we do, really, I suppose, every Sunday morning, is we just try to get the word out there. Look, this is what's happening in Cork. Uh, that's our and and you, only have, you only have two hours. You could fill more. <laughs> I know. Someone said to me there during the week, I was telling Fiona that they said, like, um, how did you fill the show, like, through the summer with nothing open? And Connor and myself just laughed every single week. We can never fit everything in. I mean, like already I know like this week with so much, we have a grid on the kitchen wall and we cannot fit everybody in that we're trying to do this week. Next week, we're doing a whole show of books for Christmas. We're looking at the 20th of December where we have a whole lot of children on uh, for the Christmas show, which we always do. And even like galleries are open this week, museums are open this week. We have a brilliant competition on Sunday morning for uh, 100 euro vouchers. We've three of them to give away in association with the Lavish Gallery. And, you know, that's all fantastic. And we are over the moon, even as late as yesterday, there was more moves made in terms of legislating and uh, adjusting the restrictions to allow dance, for example, to take place, albeit in a very, very different way. I think that's something that has inspired Connor and myself all the way along, is that 
you know, migrating onto a new platform is something that would have taken companies and businesses, you know, six months of planning and hiring a group and getting studies done. And how everybody has just migrated online. Like, for example... Even making the show online at home. We did. We did. We we produced the whole thing from home. Sure, listen to Scott. Wasn't it just Scott? I mean... I'm looking forward with such hope, PJ, to 2021 for the arts. I think the tremendous skills and adaptation that everyone in the community has shown really gives us hope for the future. Now, my heart still goes out to the tech and crew and with the arts administrators and event organisers who really are like, they can't go on Facebook Live and do something to earn money. So there's a whole section still in the arts community, very much left behind, very much vulnerable, mm-hmm. very much trying to think, think, you know, are they going into construction? Are they going into whatever? You know, trying mm-hmm. to think of something else. And I, you know, think it's it's wonderful that the National Campaign for the Arts right the way out was uh, so strong as well. And we really felt it was important to give that coverage right the way through covid well, I'm so and delighted the that, that they were doing. Because yeah. of what you guys have done for the last number of months, you are quite rightly nominated as December's Cork People of the Month and I'm so thrilled for you both because you've put in a tough shift over the last eight or nine months and you've produced week after week after week a tremendous show. Thanks, Elmer. You know the, the before clock... We go, before we go, Peter, yes, can yes. I just say a big shout out to all the Cork singer-songwriters. Today is Bandcamp Friday and if people buy music online from Bandcamp today, the fees are waived and all of the money goes to our Cork singer-songwriters and performers. So by Irish, but particularly by Cork, and today, Bandcamp Friday, is a brilliant day to do that. Get, get on it, get on it. Elmarie Moore and Conor and Tallon uh, nominated. We're so proud of them here in Cork's 96FM. Nominated as the December Cork Persons of the Month. And of course, the overall award will be handed out at the end of January. You never know. You never know. 1850 Right, Michelle is in Kilworth. Hey, Michelle. Hi, TJ. How are you? Good. How many footsteps, Michelle? 18. Yeah, 18 is right. You've got the 200 euro voucher from Foot Solutions. That's great. Thanks a million. You're welcome. You're welcome. It's winding its way down to Kilworth in County Cork to Park Nagopal. That's Michelle O'Leary, our last winner with Foot Solutions. And thank you for that, guys. It's been a great promotion to have for the week. Now, very early this morning, top of the show, Noreen from Gallagher's said that if anyone wanted a 150 euro voucher, she'd give it to us to mark everyone reopening on today. And we're delighted. We said, get a headline into us. Get a good headline in. Uh, Viv O'Brien came up with Hip Hip Hooray, Get Your Belly Full Today. That's all sorted. You got the voucher. And that's it. It's been a good week. It's been a lively week. It's been a happy little week, hasn't it? Yes, it has. Programme edited by Terry Brennan, produced and researched today by Katie O'Keefe. Enjoy the weekend as best you can. Be careful out there. Keep your hands, wash your hands, keep your distance and cover your face. And we'll see you Monday, just after nine. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.